What's up, Warriors? Guy Beverage with Protectors Toolkit. Christian, safety and security made simple. I'm so glad you're joining us here tonight for another one of our Warrior Wednesdays where I get to come into your home, your business, your church, wherever you are consuming this, whether you're consuming it live right now or live or later on. I'm so glad I get to spend this time with you during Warrior Wednesdays. And tonight we're going to have another great chat. We're going to talk about team selection for our church safety and security protector teams and also going to a little bit of interviewing for the protectors we have on our teams. And that may be new to you or novel or ambiguous, but we're gonna cover it tonight and cover why I think it's so vitally important uh, as we go through this. Now, I'm very quick to tell you this, the guiding biblical principle we use here at Protectors Toolkit is this, Proverbs 18, 15, and it says, the ear of the wise acquires knowledge. The intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. In the easy to read version of the Bible, it says it this way. I think it puts it more succinctly. Wise people want to learn more, so they listen closely to gain knowledge. And that's what we're really all about here at Protectors Toolkit, is helping you gain the knowledge necessary to do the most at your church to keep a safe and secure worship environment. So thank you for joining us here tonight on a Warrior Wednesday. And we're going to get into this pretty quickly. Now, if you're here joining us for the first time, this is the first experience you're having with Protectors Toolkit, I'm so thankful that you're here. Stick, stick with me. I don't know what I'm going to say either, so we already have something in common, but we're going to have a good fun time tonight. If it is your first time, hit that like button on our Facebook page so you can continue to get updates about these videos and more information as we put it out throughout the week to help you, again, keep your flock safe, have that good, safe, and secure worship environment. Remember, also sharing is caring, so Share this with somebody right now. If you have somebody in your ministry or your church or another church that you know that could use this message tonight about uh, selecting team members for our church safety and security team and doing interviews for them, then please hit that share button right now and get somebody else involved with this process. Sharing is caring. We're sharpening one another like we're told to do also in Proverbs. So let's talk about this. You know, one of the things I think is, is so vitally important uh, that we have to understand why. Why do we have to go through a selection process for our team? You know, our teams are uh, people that, that give of themselves. They're by and large made up of volunteers. And we want to make sure that we have the best possible people for the team. It's not a come one, come all approach just because you want to be on the team or you raised your hand the most. This is a personal selection that we're going to do for people. So we select the right people for the team because this is a vitally important mission. We like to think about the savage wolves and the roaring lions that the Bible tell us will attack us. And even from our own flock, they may come. It also goes on to tell us. But those events very rarely happen. We want to definitely have the right people and the right tools necessary if those events do happen. But we also want to know that we have to have servants first. Everything that we do in this ministry to be a church protector, a protector of others, a protector of the flock, we serve the flock first. And everything that we do, we're going to come into people uh, into contact with people in our church in crisis, whether it's a medical need or a lost child or a, a scrape, bump, and bruise. We're going to come into contact with people on those issues a lot more than we're coming in contact with the savage wolves and the roaring lions that are coming to attack us as was foretold so we have to have a servant's heart in everything that we do we are servants in this first and foremost in a couple other videos way back i also said one of the first tools you need is a towel because we serve people our lord and savior jesus christ he served people with a towel by cleaning the disciples feet and we're going to use that as our first tool in everything we do so i think it's vitally important that we understand that that's why we select the right people for uh this uh, for this team this particular ministry and it is Please understand, it is a ministry within your church. I want you to treat it like that. It should be treated like that. It's just as important as any other ministry in our church. 
uh, and maybe even more so sometimes. So understand, treat it as a ministry. We want to have the right people in this uh, particular ministry. Um, this is a servant's position. I already said that, but we also understand. have to understand, and please uh, share this with your pastor if your pastor doesn't understand this. This is not an altar call mission. What do I mean by that? This is not a, at the beginning of service or at the end of the service, the pastor from the pulpit says, hey, we need some more people for our safety and security team. Just so, just, just go see guy in the back there. He'll sign you up right away. That's not what this kind of ministry is. This is a specific ministry for specific people that we give invitations to. This is not an altar call type ministry. So if you need to share this with your pastor, uh, please make sure you share that with pastors. I, I know you'll be so blessed by that, and they probably will be too. I want you to think about this. And I say, what's up, warriors, as soon as I start every one of these videos, because you are a warrior. and We need to understand that they are warriors that serve in this ministry. Everybody that serves in the safety and security ministry is a warrior. Why is that? Well, think about every major event you've ever seen in the Bible or read about in the Bible. Was you, God used a warrior to get those events done or make those events happen? Some of the warriors you can just think about, obviously, King David, that comes to mind. How about Joshua as a warrior? Ahab as a warrior? And for you ladies that serve on the, on the church safety and security ministry, you're not counted out either. Esther, that's a great female warrior. Look to her. Look to Ruth as another warrior out there. We are warriors in this ministry, and we are going to put warriors on our team. But warrior uh, is the second part of it. We are going to be servant warriors first, service first, and then that warrior mindset. We want to make sure we understand that. If you've ever followed any of the Stratagos International stuff, they put it very succinctly and very nicely. They encapsulate it like this. It's a servant's heart with a warrior's mindset is how we serve on the church safety and security ministry. Again, that's Stratagos International. Seek them out. They also have a, a lot of good information. But a servant's heart and a warrior's mindset is a great way to say that and a great way to think about the people that are going to be on our team and the people that we're selecting for our team. So understand that. So what are we looking for as far as traits? What kind of traits are we looking for for those warriors or those people that are going to serve on our team? Well, first and foremost, are they a gatherer? What is their, are, are they a natural leader? Do people uh, just kind of gather to them? Are they someone that can solve problems easily? And do they gather people when they are needed to uh, put towards a mission? Are they a gatherer of others? Are they a gatherer or, or make people naturally follow them and what they do? That's a great trait to have in someone who's going to be on our team because we may have to enlist the help of other people to get our ministry done sometimes. So a natural leader or a gatherer like that is a great asset to have on your team uh, uh, to be in service to others. How about humility? Boy, that's a big one. That's mentioned in the Bible a ton of times. Uh, a lot more humility is needed in our world now more than ever, obviously. But as a church protector, we certainly need to have humility. Why? Well, you know, the position that we have of being a church protector, we're the people that open the doors. We're the people that close doors. We're the people that lock doors. We're the people that keep you out. We're the people that tell you where to go sometimes. So we have a, a, a lot of power within the ministry itself. And we can be, that can easily be abused. So we want to have the right humility within ourselves. Uh, and, and that comes through having a lot of capability, building in the capabilities that you have to deal with people and talk with people. And that's how we build our humility. But we've got to have humility in this. The people that serve on your team have to be humble servants of serving others. They can, nothing can be beneath them. You know, uh, I'm the leader of my church safety and security ministry, but guess what? 
I will be on the parking lot serving like nobody else. I will, I will get on that golf cart, maybe because it's fun, and I'll drive around the parking lot and pick people up. It doesn't matter to me. Service is service. It doesn't matter my position. I operate with humility, and I encourage everybody on your team to operate with that too. And do they have a warrior's mindset then behind them? Will they recognize danger quickly enough, and will they do something about it? Will they have capability built into them. So you're also looking for not only that humility, but the warrior's mindset coupled with that, put together with that, that they will get into action. Uh, they, they will lower their fear. They're operating in condition red, as I talked about in a couple of videos back, seek those out uh, on your own and find those. Will they, will they take the necessary action and the correct action to overcome the threat or the crisis or whatever they're dealing with at that time? They have to have that, that good warrior's mindset in what they do as well. What are the, you also want to look at what are the fruits? What are they bearing out? What are the fruits of what they do within the church? Who are they within the church? What are the fruits their family uh, has within the church? We want to look for that too. What are the fruits that they bring? And also what are they bringing to the table as part of their fruits as well? So look for that. That's another good character trait uh, to have within a church protector, uh, someone on your safety and security team. Another, another great important character trait to have, what is their ability to discern? Boy, that, that's a big one right there. And we need, I'm going to unpack that just a little bit. You know, sometimes these positions are manned or staffed by people uh, that don't have a good level of discernment just because of their maturity level. If we're putting young people on our teams and we're asking a young person, maybe 19, 20 years old, who's not married and only has to uh, care about themselves, how can we have them help a mother who's in crisis or someone that's going through a divorce? There's not a great level of discernment there. Obviously, they can see there's a problem or there's trauma, but as far as understanding and having good capabilities built within to be able to accommodate or help that person that is having that particular type of crisis, we have to have good discernment built into ourselves. That comes along with knowledge, and sometimes that comes along with time and exposure to different types of crisis. So have a, having good level of discernment is, is definitely key uh, to the people that are on our team and are going to be serving in this ministry. What is their, uh, their general demeanor also? You know, a lot of times I see, when I travel and train for churches, I see teams that are grandfather teams. You know, these are teams that uh, they started way back and they've been serving on the team for 20 years. Uh, and, and and so what is their, what is their uh, demeanor? How do they deal with people? Uh, they've seen some of the worst stuff, but do they still have the same demeanor they had when they first came on the team? That's something to, to really look for. You know, uh, I've also seen people on teams that were selected, they didn't have the right demeanor. These are the people that uh, when they're on the team and there's a crisis, there's someone uh, just having a meltdown and they seem like they go to that crisis or that person and that person's already on fire and they just look like they brought gasoline to that fire. You may already have a vision of somebody when I describe that. Somebody on your team who just infuriates people or wants to, uh, wants to anger people when they get involved or, or is maybe too heavy-handed with what we deal with in the church and that particular person. So they look if it's somebody that looks like they bring gasoline to every single fire or every single crisis that you have, you know, it doesn't mean they can't serve on your team. It may mean that you necessarily have to have a talk with them, bring them in as a team leader if you're the team leader, and figure out why that is and why they're still serving on the team if they really don't have that heart for it anymore and the heart for people. We don't need to be too heavy-handed.
There are certain circumstances that will require it, but those should be few and far between in church uh, safety and security. So we want to have that good warrior's uh, mentality, but first the servant's heart. So if you have those type of people, you know what I say, hey, uh, cars don't argue with people. So if those people like to infuriate people and anger people and are heavy handed, maybe they're really good for your parking lot ministry. Cars don't argue with people. Have them still serve if they want to serve. Maybe the parking lot is the best place to do that so they can argue with cars all day long. If, if those type of people, you know, on your team, you may have to also, if they've been on the team too long and they don't understand that the ministry has changed or it's evolved a little bit, you're going to have to have that personal conversation to figure out what is the best fit. Or maybe the ministry isn't just for them anymore. And those are difficult conversations, but having them up front will prevent a lot of conversations on the backside of that. So don't be afraid and don't shy away from those type of conversations. That may be a good time for you and the pastor or the executive pastor to partner up with that person and bring them in. And maybe try to, uh, to give a lot of love to that brother or that sister and figure out how they can continue to serve in the church if they, if they want to serve. So I want to I pause here just for a second while I get you all focused on this. A lot of teams have law enforcement, uh, prior law enforcement, current law enforcement, prior military as their team leaders. And a lot of teams build themselves around having a military background or a law enforcement background. And look, listen, I have a military background. I have a law enforcement background. So I'm going to say this uh, with an open heart and an open mind. And I hope you take it this way from, from brother to brother, or brother to sister. This is meant in all love and honesty with you it may not be that those people are the right to serve as the team leader. Now, that doesn't mean they can't. I'm just saying I want you to consider this. Just have an open mind and an open heart when I say this. The law enforcement uh, folks and the military folks, the conventional army especially, uh, special operations, that's a little bit different, but conventional army folks, uh, conventional uh, military folks, I think there's other branches, I'm not sure. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, army is the, is the best, obviously. Uh, those folks have a certain depth of knowledge, okay? They, they learn coming up through academies. They learn coming up through basic training. And there is a definite depth of knowledge in what they know. Law enforcement, it's black and white a lot of times. The law says this. We know how to deal with criminals. We know how to deal with bad people. We know bad people when we see them. And we know how to be really heavy-handed if we need to be. And a lot of it is just a depth of knowledge. We know how to operate in that environment. Now, in the church world, I think what's more important, what we need to really consider is not necessarily that depth of knowledge, but that breadth of knowledge, that, that more knowledge of, of a lot of different things other than dealing with criminals all day long, uh, which is not what law enforcement does all the time, but a lot of times we're coming into act. Uh, coming into contact with criminals. So we get a depth of knowledge there. Military is the same way. You have a depth of knowledge that this is the way it's going to be. And, and you, when I tell you to do push-ups, you do push-ups. When I tell you to jump, you ask me how high, Sergeant. There's a depth of knowledge there. We want a breadth of knowledge when we're operating the church safety and security space. We want to widen that out. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, when I was a younger cat, when I, when I was in my 20s, I was in the military. When I came out of the military, went into law enforcement, you could not have convinced me of this. I'm telling you right now, I had a 10,000 foot view. But now as an older, more mature in my late 30s, uh, early 40s, if you believe that, uh, I'll pray for myself. Please pray for me later. Um, I, I, necessarily, I have a 30,000 foot view now, and I know that I certainly had a depth of knowledge back then, but I really need in this ministry, in this 
special mission, if you will, in church safety and security. I need that breadth of knowledge because I'm, I'm not dealing with the criminal element all day long. I'm serving people. I've got to be able to serve people in the way that they need to be met, in the way that they need to be served. So I need that breadth of knowledge. So please have an open heart and open mind when you consider that. Just think about that. I'm not saying law enforcement can't be on your team and shouldn't be on your team. Military shouldn't be leading your team or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. But please, if you do have that or if that is you, consider that breadth of knowledge and, and where you are now uh, where versus where you were in the military. We don't need to have that heavy-handed approach. We need to be able to serve people first uh, and, and then meet the threats if we if we do have the threats. We'll discern them every step of the way. It, in fact, I, I recommend that every team out there, if you can encourage a law enforcement folk, uh, folk or personnel, you can encourage as many as possible to be on your team. I recommend it, especially in active duty, currently serving law enforcement, because that gives you uh, a lot of different tools on your tool belt immediately. So uh, most states give duties, powers, and responsibilities to active law enforcement that they can arrest anybody on site under certain circumstances. That's great for your team. Let's consider this uh, scenario here. You're having church on Sunday and someone stands up in the middle of your congregation. And they just start chanting that Jesus was gay. You really can't go hands on with that person if you don't have the duties, powers and responsibilities to do that. And in fact, law enforcement, when they arrive, if you have to call law enforcement, that's a delayed response. And then everybody's be the church is being interrupted. But if law enforcement is on scene, they simply approach that person. Sir, ma'am, you're no longer allowed to be here. The church no longer wishes for you to be here. You need to leave immediately. When they fail to do that, then they can go hands on arrest them. Uh, for most states, it's called criminal trespassing at that point. So it's it's really vital that you can, especially law enforcement nowadays, now more than ever, needs outreach from their local church. Please hear that. I'm going to say it again loud and clear. Law enforcement now more than ever needs outreach from their local church. Find them. Seek them out. Go help them. They need help right now find them, seek them out. So please understand that. So let's talk about interviewing for your team. You know, you may already have a team that's been uh, the grandfather team. We've been in place forever and we've never done any interviews. Um, and I understand that. And it doesn't mean you have to stop what you're doing and immediately go into interviews. But if you're going to start having new members come in and you're going to have policies and procedures in place, then I highly recommend you start an interview process for your team. It, it will be vitally important to start figuring out who these people are on our team, because as, as this gets more professionalized, and it will get more professionalized, and you should want it to be more professionalized, this, this ministry that you're in, then we're going to have to do the right things in this ministry. And one of those things is having interviews. One of the one of the type of interviews that I recommend and I absolutely love is called a STAR interview. S-T-A-R, STAR interview. Now, STAR is an acronym. It stands for Situation, Task, Action, and Result. What that does for you, it's a behavior type interview question that you ask the interviewee. And it, they have to give you the situation, the task, the action they took, and the result. So they're rounding out their story for you, and it's just not one-word answers or short-form answers for you. Now you're figuring out behaviors and really who this person is on the other side of the table or the desk or wherever you're interviewing. You're trying to figure out more and more about this person. Remember, we have to be discerning about who is on our team. We're going to give them the, king, the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. So let's discern everything about them. Let's figure out as much as possible about them that we can. Uh, this gives you a better overall assessment of your candidate also, that they can't just give you short form answers or pre-prepared answers. Um, so let's let's talk about a little bit about this. Some interview questions uh, that I recommend, I'll just give you a couple here. But first and foremost, what I like to do, tell me about yourself. That's one of the first ones I typically ask. Why? Someone coming in to do an interview is already nervous. 
they're already nervous. Even though they may have known you for 10 years in church, they're coming on your team new. They still are nervous about this. They want the job. They want the position. They want to be in the ministry. So there's still some nerves there. So let's let's break that ice just a little bit. Tell me about yourself. It allows them to start talking and get their feet underneath them, so to speak, and it allows them to hear their own voice in the room. A uh, great first question to get the candidate uh, comfortable. Another great first question to keep the candidate very comfortable. Um, uh, tell me why you want to be a part of the church safety and security team. This again allows them to go on and on. I want to help people. I want to serve. Uh, I've been in the church forever. And I want to. I, I now feel like I need to be doing something. Uh, you're you're trying to feel them out, but you're also again letting them get their feet underneath them, hearing their own voice come out of their mouth, uh, and 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 lower the nerves just a little bit. So then we get into the star or the behavior type questions uh, that we ask. One of the first ones I like. Tell me about. Tell me about a time when you had to make a hard decision. So this now, as you can see, give me the task. Give me the, the, the action, give me the result, give me the situation, give me everything about that when you had to make a hard decision. And we're listening for all that. And we can ask probing questions or continuing questions. Uh, you know, we want to get it all rounded out. We want to complete that whole circle of that question. So again, we're trying to figure out who this person is. We're trying to discern everything about them. Here's another good question I like uh, to ask. Uh, tell about a time when you were in a stressful situation and how you handled it. Again, we're using the STAR method, the situation, the task, the action, and the result. What did you do? What was it? What did you have to do? What was the action you took? And what was the result of that action? Again, we're using the STAR method here. Tell me about a time when you had conflict at work and how you handled it. That's another great, great question to ask. What you're trying to do, again, is you're trying to develop a behavior about this person. You're trying to discern everything about them and figure out who they are and if they are a good fit for your church safety and security ministry. Uh, here's another good one to ask. Tell me about a time you performed well under pressure. Again, using the STAR method, situation, task, action, result. Tell me about a time you made a mistake and how you handled it. You can see now why these questions are built the way they are. Uh, you, you're telling me a lot about yourself and I'm getting a lot of feedback from you, but I'm also putting you in situations that you may find yourself here in church where you perform well under pressure. Uh, you made a mistake and how did you handle it? These are the, um, the driving questions for a church safety and security member. I want to know these type of things about them. Um, here's another good one. Tell me about a time you had to interact with the police and what, were the out what was the outcome of it? This is not a, I got a traffic ticket one time. This is the time I interacted. I had to call them because of this and they came over and this is what happened. So get them to open up about that. Don't just let them, oh, I got a traffic ticket and it was all good. I paid the fine. Now ask them about if there's any other interactions that they've had. Uh, with not maybe police, maybe sheriff, maybe uh, other people in law enforcement uh, or maybe EMS or fire or something like that if they don't have a personal experience uh, with police. Here's another good one. What are, the, some of the what are some of the traits you find most important for a church safety and security protector? And again, let them unpack this a little bit, help them unpack it as much as possible so you can figure out what traits are important to them. And then you know what traits to work on with them, uh, where their weaknesses may lie and what traits they may be already have that will benefit your team immediately when they, when they come into the team. Here's another really important question. I think uh, of all the questions that I ask any potential candidate for a church safety and security team, this is one I find most important. I'll tell you why here in a second. Tell me your testimony. Please share your testimony with me. If you've ever been in any class that I've ever taught, every time about halfway through the first day, I will share my testimony with you. Here's why, because in a room full of strangers, if I can share my testimony, if I can show you the emotion behind me being saved, what would that do for somebody who's not saved? 
If someone who is in crisis and I can sit down, put my arm around them, sit across from them and share my testimony, let them know who I was before I was saved and what Jesus Christ had done for me after I was saved, wouldn't that also maybe save them? Sharing your testimony is one of the most important things I think we can do in the church safety and security team. And having the ability to do it is so vitally important. That's why I asked this question. And it will put people off if they're not prepared to share their testimony. You can give them a few minutes, but I think it's important that they hear that come out of themselves, that they feel the feelings that come along with that, because it could, again, save someone's life one day that we're able to share our testimony to let that person across from us know that you, uh, I'm no different than you. I was just as broken uh, as you are, and you have a Savior out there that will take care of you and love you no matter what. So ask that person that you're interviewing to share their testimony with you. I think it's so vitally important. Uh, one of the questions I'll ask, uh, if you're going to have an arm team, uh, what do you think about firearms in church? That really will give you a good pulse about what they, what they think about firearms. Uh, it may be a long discussion. I know some people who like to talk about guns other than, uh, than Glocks. I don't know why, but that's what people do sometimes. Glock is the best main handgun out there. You can't dispute me because this is a live video and you're having to take it like that. But you can put it down in the comments. I love to see all the comments on that kind of stuff. That's why I kind of just jab you a little bit there. So ask them about firearms in church. Where do they personally stand on that? What do they think about that? And what do they think the role of a firearm is in a, as a church protector? Is, do they look at it as a tool or do they look at it as I'm going to be able to carry a firearm in church? Discern everything about the people that we're interviewing, okay? So I also think some of the, some of the important things uh, that we look for uh, in this, I wanna just give you some last thoughts here. Serving on the safety and security team, I want you to understand this and people that serve for you and with you should understand this. It is a privilege to serve on the safety and security ministry. It is a privilege. We need to treat it that way. It is a privilege that I get to. I say that all the time in my church, even though I'm the leader of it, I get to serve on this ministry. I get to protect the flock and I take it very personally, everything that I do. And I try to gain as much knowledge about it as possible. I don't know everything. I may know a way, but you may know a different way. And we'll put those ways together. It is a privilege to serve in this. If you already have an established team and you're wondering, well, guy, how can I do some of these interview questions? Maybe I want to revamp my team, restart my team, or reprogram my team just a little bit. One of the easiest ways to do that is start a, uh, a policy and procedure manual. If you don't already have one of those, start it and put that in there that you will have to fill out an application and you will have to go through an interview process to be on the safety and security team. All those people that are already grandfathered on your team, they will have to go through the same process. Once you build it into your policy manual, and the insurance is bought off on it, your insurance company is bought off, and your attorneys have bought off on it, that is now the policy. This is what we follow. I don't care if you're the leader of the team or you're a new guy coming on the team, everybody's gonna follow the same policy. So if you don't already do interviews and you haven't already uh, done an, uh, an application and a background check, this is a great way to start it now, is start your policy and procedure manual, stick it in there, and then make everybody go through it. That's, that's the easiest way to do that. Um, also, every, you need to rep, the reason we discern everybody is understand this. Those people that serve on the, on the safety and security team are a direct representation of the church. These may be the first person a newcomer sees when they come to your church. We have to understand that. You are the face of the church. We're going to make sure we discern everything about you, even though you're a volunteer and you're serving on this ministry. We're going to know everything about you, brother, everything about you, sister, because you may be the only face someone sees. And you will definitely probably be the face that someone sees during a crisis. So we're going to have the right people for that.
Okay, so wrapping it up here tonight, if you're new here, don't forget to hit that like button. And if you know somebody that will be blessed by this, if you were blessed by this, then share it far and wide. Sharing is caring. Why wouldn't you do that? It tells us in Proverbs that we should be sharpening one another. So go out and do that. Share this video far and wide. Go see our YouTube page. There's a ton of other videos out there just like this. And we got a fun little graphic that we put out there that uh, opens up on our YouTube. And I just love that. So uh, go seek those out on the YouTube and share those as well with the community at large. Share them with other protectors. Um, also, make sure uh, you understand Saturday, this Saturday coming up, we're going to be a, doing a live Zoom training. You can find it under the events tab on the, on the Facebook page here. It's a live training uh, about ushers and greeters, and it's going beyond handshakes and smiles. We're going to help you understand how to utilize ushers and greeters as an auxiliary unit of your safety and security ministry. It's going beyond handshakes and smiles. I'd like to see you there. Share that also. I'd like to see a bunch of you attend that, and we'll have some good feedback and uh, um, good takeaways from that as well. Uh, as always, don't forget protectors, warriors, people that are keeping the flock out there, watching over the flock. Keep them safe. Thank you for joining us here tonight, Protectors Toolkit.